We all know the value of building a strong personal and professional network, but in practice, it's really difficult. We lose touch with someone when we change jobs, or we miss a close friend's birthday. We built Clay to make being thoughtful in your relationships easier. Once you connect your accounts, LinkedIn, email, Facebook, iMessage, and more, Clay automatically pulls in everyone you know and builds a beautiful profile for them. Then you can search your entire network, take notes, set reminders to reach out, and even be prompted to reconnect if it's been a while. Clay also includes a feed of important updates from the people in your life, like a news mention or a birthday. For listeners of this podcast, we're offering a 60-day free trial if you visit clay.earth slash partners slash 60. Again, that's clay.earth slash partners slash 60. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fans of all ages, welcome to section 336 Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly student host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Josh. Hey, how about that perfect weekend? I mean, at least for the Orioles, you know? 3 0. Oh, yeah. Got, got those power rankings out. <laughs> I mean, we're in good shape. And fan graphs even increased our playoff odds. Everything's looking up for the Orioles. Where's that state of the Orioles? Let's just start it right now. The state is up. Yeah, the state is definitely up as of, I mean, people are going to listen to to tomorrow probably, so I, I might be a fool for saying this, but 162 and O is still on the table as of this recording. That is the case. Yeah. As so you'll we be record, the first team to ever do that. Or, or if you're joining us live, it's the fifth inning and the Orioles are down by one. So, uh. Yeah, I yeah, think. but you could not ask. I mean, the opening. I mean, a part of me wants to just go game by game, in and by in, talk about what we've seen over the past the opening yeah, but, series against the Red Sox. Because I mean, you literally could not um, draw out a better opening to the season no, for the Orioles. One negative thing the entire weekend, right? Which and is we'll also talk about haze, that. and we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But but yeah, all so many things. Good to talk about yeah. some some things I expected. Like this is this opening three and zero. Josh doesn't. It shocked a lot of Orioles fans. It didn't shock me and you because we said from Jump Street that Boston's going to be wor- worse than us, and we said yep. some Jump Street that people are overestimating how bad this team is. And we and so, said this lineup from the start. We said this lineup can put up runs. Yeah, though. Yo, today's lineup. It's amazing. You take out. <laughs> Santander and Austin Hayes. That's it, right? You yes. t- oh, and and um, and and Ruiz. Right. You take out Ruiz, Santander, and Hayes. All of a sudden, the lineup doesn't look so hot anymore. <laughs> no, no. I saw that lineup, and I'm like, oh, this is the yeah. Sunday lineup. This is the day off lineup. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, our lineup will get back to normal. But the, but yeah, that lineup for the first three games against Boston was an impressive lineup. Not but the story is the that's not the story. The story is the pitch. The story is the pitching that Mullins went, Mullins went, Mullins went, Mullins went. went. All right. I think I'm alive. Let's see. Are you there, Matt? Yeah. All right. All I kept on hearing on repeat is Mullins went with. Mullins went with? Mullins went with. I must have heard 500 times in the last five seconds. So I refreshed and then I came back in. I still heard it and then I X'd out the whole tab and then came back in. All right. Well, I don't know what went out or what recorded. It's going to have to be edited. No, I was asking about Means. How many innings did Means go the first game? 
uh, I want to say six. Six. What, what's it? What, what, it it right, could have been six. seven. And then the Dark Knight did went four and two thirds. And yeah, then, actually, I think you're right because sevens. It was it was in an opening night. It was just Scott and Valdez were the only other two pitchers opening yeah, night. So he went seven. Yeah, I think seven. And then Matt Harvey yeah. went four and two thirds. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman went six, and Lopez went four and two thirds uh, today on Monday night. So. That's not too bad for our starting pitching. That was supposed to be crap. Oh, my gosh. The starting pitching is the story of the season so far. I mean, over that opening uh, weekend, opening series, over, you know, three games, and say we will, but Boston doesn't have starting pitching. They haven't started pitching issues and depth issues, but they have a good lineup still with Martinez and Devers. And we shut that lineup down. Yeah. In those three games, they scored a total of five runs. Um, And so it's just super impressive, Uh, a good job from our bullpen, but the starters to me that Harvey pitcher, like that's the game, like John means, like I have confidence in John means he pitched better than anyone thought, but I, I thought he would pitch well game two um, where, you know, you, you have um, Matt Harvey starting. You already used your two best bullpen arms. So you're thinking, okay, game two, we're going to be in a little bit of trouble. This is going to be higher scoring probably. Uh, But we're able to win with only scoring four runs, and that's because Harvey pitched pretty well. But then this guy, uh, Plucko, came in there and got the win. The guy who we didn't even get to see at spring. Yeah, he pitched two. like six days ago. Two and a third didn't, only gave up one hit and gave up nothing else. Just the hit and then, you know, take out the hold and – we have found out who our closer is in Cesar Valdez. He, he's been pitching okay. And so it's just uh, – it's been uh, all around for me the takeaway is pitching in general, but specifically our starting pitching um, is super impressive. I mean, the reason we have LeBlanc and the reason we were able to keep two, two rule five guys, uh, in, in addition to, to Plucko, who Plucko and uh, uh, LeBlanc are starters is because we expected <laughs> to need a lot of long men right. to cover up our bad starting pitching, but our starting pitching has not been bad it's not um, been horrible. so far. It hasn't fallen apart. Even those guys like Matt Harvey and uh, uh, what's his name on Monday Night Lopez, that only went four and two-thirds. They, the game wasn't out of control when they left. Well, I thought Matt Harvey pitched great, and and the reason again, like it's forty two thirds. It's the first game of the season, right? He's still right. building All up spring, his arm. We and didn't pitch see count. him pitch more than three. Yeah, and so that's so that's why. Like, if he had that stuff, you know, a, a month from now, he's going five or six innings. Right. Um, and so I thought Matt Harvey was super impressive, especially remember, like Matt Harvey's coming off. Um, obscurity. He's coming off, off being unable to stay on a major league roster, right? He's coming off uh, this kind of great epic fall. And so to come back in his first start with the Orioles to only give up two runs and get four strikeouts over four and two thirds innings and to have like a, you know, mid nineties fastball and good movement yeah. on, on his pitches, just super impressed with Matt Harvey. Um, I, I got to give love because um, some people are giving me slack about saying Bruce, Zimmerman is the worst starter on this team last episode. Um, and Bruce Zimmerman, he's pitched. I mean, he pitched really well um, and definitely holding his own as, as well against Boston. And so he did like, that's for me, that's, that's the takeaway, right? The, the, our starting pitching against the Boston Red Sox. And even today, like Jorge Lopez, uh, last I checked, he only gave it one run. Is that, was that, did he go out leaving? With giving up just one um, run, or do you give him more? Now? Well, that's see, that's the magic of we're recording right now. So they brought Charm Armstrong in with two outs, and the uh, bases loaded, and um, Charm Sean Armstrong just walked the guy. Oh. So he gave up. Yeah. So now it's two nothing Yankees. So that run is going to go on Lopez, unfortunately. Right, and that's a tough, tough spot for Sean Armstrong. You're coming right back from um, paternity paternity leave to, to get right back into that um, in a key spot there. And that's honestly, like, that's what I was worried about game two. Like with, especially without Hunter Harvey, you realize like once the season starts, how badly you miss Hunter Harvey, because we don't have that back end bullpen depth, right? We have Tanner no. Scott, we have Valdez outside of that. And I, the- may, may, if you like Tate, okay, we have Tate, um, but we're really thin there. Yeah. And I mean, Valdez was a surprise that he is now our closer. I mean, after after all the talk of 
what him possibly starting. There was talk that he possibly would start um, because he started in some kind of uh, off-season league or whatever. But but he's all. Oh, I thought you just were distracted, but now you're frozen for me. Hey, you there? Yeah. All right, my compu- my my computer completely shut down. Like I don't know what's going on, uh, but this episode seems to be cursed mm. right now. The Orioles uh, are playing too well, and the computer does not even know how to handle the Orioles playing no, as well. No, uh, Sean Armstrong gave up a grand slam. Oh, that that's more like it. And that killed the computer. Yeah, yeah. Give me uh bring back what's his name that we sent down. A uh, saucer. Saucer, yeah, give me back Cole Saucer. So, all right, I don't know if we're still live. I assume we're still live. We're still recording. I'll edit this all together for the podcast, so it'll be all right. Let's see if all we right. can get through this show. I don't know what we were even talking about. Uh, oh, you were talking about you. The last thing I heard, and then I thought you just like lost train of thought or watching the game or something. So then I started to talk for you, but really you were frozen. It took me a while to realize you were frozen. Um, I just thought you were paying attention. But, no, you were talking about Cesar Valdez. It's surprising that he um, is our closer um, because I think how he was hyped up about the possibility of being a starter or right. a, and, a swingman or whatever. And manager Hyde keeps talk, kept talking all season how he doesn't, like, really believe in the closer and just goes with the hot hand, the mm. right guy at the time. So to see him go to, to – Valdez twice in a row in close situ- in safe situations. I mean, I guess that's his closer. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. Like if if the last if we get to the last inning and it lines up that there's two lefties, are you more likely to see Tanner Scott in that situation as opposed to Valdez? Uh, but clearly, like I love it, right? Because because normally when we think of closure, we think of someone going in there throwing high nineties, hitting a hundred, throwing throwing right. heat. And Valdez is the opposite, so he's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's very fun to watch. I wonder if how much of that is the fact that we don't have Hunter Harvey in that position. If you would see more of a, a Valdez in the eighth and Hunter Harvey in the ninth, and when Hunter Harvey's back, who knows? Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, I think, yeah, because I don't think he trusts T- Tanner Scott. I think, like, if we were to rank how much trust Hyde has in his bullpen— I think Valdez is I'm, Valdez is number one. I would say Scott's number two, and and Tate's number three. Maybe Salser's in there, fighting for Tate for number three or four or something. And apparently and then, Armstrong, because they brought back Armstrong, so apparently he has faith in Armstrong. Yeah, and Armstrong's coming off a really good year last year, and so um, and Fry, I know had a bad spring training, but he has a, Fry has a track record of being well, pretty decent. It's so. interesting to see that Fry and LeBlanc. And Scroller are the only guys that he hasn't used out of the pen yet. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and it was nice that Wells could get into that blowout. Oh, it was the perfect um, time for a yeah. guy like Wells. Yeah, so I think, and tonight might be the reverse, where it might be Scroller might get a chance for a blowout the other way, the way tonight's headed. Good point. Yeah, it's 6 nothing right now, so yeah, could definitely be uh, bring Scroller in. Yeah, there, there's a lot of highlights I want to get to in the first three games. But, you know, looking at this Yankee series, Josh, like, yeah. to me, I'm not even like, I, I mean, th- there's this phrase, like, just win series. Like, I'm not, that's not even my mentality when planning. Like, if, if we can take one game against the Yankees, like, that's, right. that's what I'm shooting for. <laughs> like, let's, let's take care of business and let's, like, compete. Like, let's beat up on the Red Sox. Let's compete with the Rays. Let's compete with the, with, with the Blue Jays. And let's try to win one. <laughs> I guess right. the Yankees is kind of my attitude. Remember, the Yankees, I mean, uh, what is it? Fancraft had them at like 92% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, they have I a mean, great team. They got a great team. They're very, it's not a team we're going to surprise and blow out. Yeah, and it's a team uh, that, that this is their, I mean, they always have a window because they spend money. But this is like Aaron Judge in his prime. This is Garrett Cole in his prime. Like This is, yeah. this is I think, the best they're going to be. Um, in the next few years. And so this is, this is, I mean, yeah, the Yankees are good. The Yankees are going to win the division. They're, they're, right. they're great too. Yeah. No one's going to question that. We all just accept that. So, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, I think what shocked the baseball world is, is that it's we the took Orioles. it to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. We took yeah. It to Boston, the Orioles. Because and... even, outside, remember, everyone says Boston's supposed to be good. 
All the projections well, well, had them at like fifty at like eighty six games or something. Yeah, yeah, run a five hundred team. Yeah, right. Well, they're supposed to be on the upswing of their rebuild. Um, right. But no, and I mean, for where the Orioles, the problem is everyone is still projecting the Orioles to be working on like on the downswing of the rebuild, and I think that's just the outside media. I think locally we see that it can't get worse than yet than last year and or the year before. So it's kind of been on the upswing. Yeah, and, and a lot of the pieces are here already, right? Like Ryan Mountcastle was a piece. He's here. Austin right. Hayes, we hope to be a piece. He's here. Um, um, Cedric Mullen might be a piece. He's here. Santander might be a piece. Like there's so many already good pieces that are already here. It's not right. like we're waiting for a completely new roster to compete again. No, like we have about, I don't know, we, we could debate like a third of our team that's going to be here in the World Series in 2023 is already yeah. on our roster. And remember, we did have a better record than the Red Sox last season. Yep. As well. We weren't a last place team. When the draft comes, the Red Sox have a higher draft pick this year than us. Yep, which is which kind of sucks because, by the way, and we can get into this more when the draft is a little bit closer. You're, you're not getting the pitchers from Vanderbilt, no matter what you do. Well, whatever, everything I've read is that there's four great players and then, like, as long as you I get one of those fours, you're good. I see everyone keeps posting the two pitchers from Vanderbilt, and we're not getting either of them. Yeah, light, light or rocker, yeah. Um, but there's two other really good players, um, and, not, and then and then it drops off at number but five. But we're not so in just the top four, are we? No, we're top five. We're yeah, the fifth see? Pick, which, that's what I'm saying. Like, the timing's a little bit unfortunate there. Right, because that's the problem is you look at any of these power rankings, because the Orioles didn't break the bank and spend money this offseason – uh, every power ranking going into this season had the Orioles as the worst team in baseball. And on, and when you actually look at like stats and where players are and where farm systems are, we're not the worst team in baseball. No, we, we, hey, listen, we've been got, we've been getting a lot of love recently for our farm system. Um, yeah, which fifth. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth farm system in baseball. According to MLB okay. pipeline. Yeah. Um, but but some of the other takeaways for me were from the first three games was, um, I mean, we talked about starting pitching. Outside of that, I think the biggest thing for me was, man, the play is Cedric Mullins, right? Well, yeah. He's got, especially Sunday where he had five hits and a walk. But he had five um, hits in like the fourth inning. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the fourth inning, he had four hits. Yeah. So it was no, wild. Cedric Mullins. It's so funny because Cedric Mullins is a guy that I thought his career was over a few years ago. Yeah. Thought this was done. Thought, thought, oh, you named him the Adam Jones replacement way too early without seeing if he could play. Yeah. And suddenly he's playing great. And uh, he's, yeah, and this decided not to be a switch hitter. We questioned if that would take away some of his versatility, but I think he's now hitting better. Yeah. Better. Yeah. I mean, well, if you, if you just look at his numbers, when he came up in 2018, it's the heir apparent to Adam Jones. He was batting 230, he batted 235. And we all said at that point, like, it's not fair. Like, he was never a top prospect. Like, it's not right. fair to even, like, we said it at the time, like, this is not, this guy's not Adam Jones. Well, because they handled it all weird with, like, sending him out on the field first and stuff, like making it like he leads the guys out. Like he's the Adam Jones replacement. They handled it. Like they gave him the start and center field job as like, like it was going to be his for the next 10 years. Yeah. And then, and then well, he was 2018, then two, uh, two, 2019, um, he batted 0.094. He didn't even bat a hundred point zero nine four in 2019. Those are Chris Davis type, type numbers. And then in, in 2020, um, last year, right, he got off to a really bad start, went down to the, you know, the alternate training site, Project came Blue. back, hit 271, which is great, right, from not yes. even hitting 100 to go up to 271. And his batting average this year is uh, 625. So I don't know if he can keep batting <laughs> 625. Um, yeah, but I have a feeling that number will go down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, already with three doubles in the season. So, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough. Um, great things about Cedric Mullins. And for me, like I was skeptical, I was skeptical about putting him at the leadoff spot, but if he hits, like if he can hit 280 right. and bat leadoff for you, like that's a game changer. Cause then you can move everybody down and he's, he's a speedster, right? He brings a lot of speed as well. Like to well, me, Cedric Mullins being a capable leadoff hitter. Cause I thought that was Austin Hayes's role, but Austin Hayes hits for a little more power. So if you can move him down yeah. the lineup a little bit, it just, I just think it makes our offense so much more potent when you had that kind of a pleasant surprise in Cedric Mullins at, at, at the leadoff spot. Right. 
But also, like, it's been this whole lineup. They've scored a ton of runs this weekend without a single home run. It's all been base hits, doubles, making, getting around the bags. Yeah. Now they're, now they're getting shut out on Monday night, but this is what the Orioles do. They put up a buttload of points yesterday, so they'll have no runs today. Yeah, well, and if you want to score runs, maybe you should not run out the lineup we saw today. Yes, yes. Yeah, the weekend lineup was better than the Monday night lineup. But we also know the Orioles do this, play this game where they score enough points that would win them games for the whole week, but they score them all in one day. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to lose by whatever, how many, and then the run differential is going to come back, and people are going to say, oh, we're not that good because look at right. the run differential. Right. How quickly, gonna... does, how quickly does fan graphs take away that point one that they gave us? As a playoff chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun. A little fun thing to watch to see how long we can um, stay competitive here. Right. Um, Cause then we go after this, we go back and play the Red Sox some more. So maybe we can beat up on the that's Red like, Sox some more. Again. Yeah, yeah. And that's at home. That's three more wins. <laughs> uh, yeah. Open day. We'll be there for one of them. Right. Um, the other, the other thing, um, Austin Hayes, um, Josh, how concerned are you um, with Austin Hayes? Um, tweaking his hand, what they say, hamstring discomfort hamstring. is what they said yeah. like 20 times on the broadcast, hamstring yeah. discomfort. And that didn't concern me at all because he pulled himself out. It was a blowout game. But the fact that he went on the 10-day IL today concerns me Okay, because it means either he hurt himself worse than discomfort or Austin Hayes is a baby and can't fight through anything. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about Austin Hayes is he's been hurt a bunch but all of it's been like random stuff, right? Like he was I on think, the base paths during this. Is that what happened? He's on the base paths. Yeah, he was on the base paths. Yeah, and like he and last was it last year or two years ago that he got like beamed and got hit in the ribs and something like that like got, had like cracked ribs or something. So it's it's always like ran. It's never like always oh, got a recurring arm issue or something. It's always these random little things, um, which 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 are unfortunate. But you start to wonder, and and I think Josh, this has more to do with, less to do with his injury, more to do with, um, like roster manipulation type From stuff. Kenna? Well, be, because you don't have a big bench because you have fourteen pitchers, so it's not right. like you you have a bunch of guys on the bench. Um, sometimes they're tweaked his oblique right at the beginning uh, or at the end of spring training, so I don't think you want to play him every day. Right, um, but you could have put. Santander at DH. You could have put Valeka in the outfield. Uh, you didn't have to put Mount Cass. You, you got Mancini. You can put out there. Yeah, you but know. I mean the fact the fact that McKenna was put right into the starting lineup after right. being caught, caught up shows me that they really wanted to that they were really desperate to fill that spot and they didn't want yeah. to use Mancini there or someone else there. Right, but it, that but and I agree with you. Except if it was only like a minor thing where they thought Hayes was going to miss two games. They could have been fine without that. Yeah. But the thing about it, and this is about, I mean, this is a hamstring thing is you never know, right? Like, um, I I, I pulled my hamstring in high school. I pulled my hamstring in high school and it was just like, it didn't hurt that bad. And I thought it'd be out like a day. And like it, the entire season, it bothered me. And I was never myself the entire season with it. So I think those things can just kind of linger. And, if you're Austin Hayes with an injury history and it's one week into the season, if I'm Hyde, I'm like, play like, no, do, don't play until it's a hundred percent. Don't play until you feel nothing. No pain whatsoever. You. Now, remember there are also, there's also talk that DJ Stewart will be available. Another hamstring, soon. by the way, like the hamstring, like how long is DJ Stewart supposed to be out? How long was he supposed to be out? I feel like he's supposed to be ready for opening day, but these no, hamstrings are tricky. Ready by, the, by the home opener, I believe. Well, okay, but when was that said compared to when his first injury? Like, is that what they said when the injury first happened? I don't feel like that's what they said when the injury first happened. Um, but it said his is another. Well, I think, I'm pretty sure it's another tweaked hamstring, and so it's it's these hamstrings are just like the oblique. Like these are tricky muscles that right um, can just stay a little bit injured and just bother you and nag you and get like progressively worse. Um, if you don't, you know, take extra precaution at the beginning. So I think this is, you had Ryan McKenna sitting there. Um, so why not use him? Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's a chance for Ryan to show off. It says DJ will be back sometime this week. So you imagine 
that's also how you're making some room for DJ Stewart in this roster. Yeah, this is going to be weird, right? So then McKenna, you would imagine, gets You'll send down. McKenna down. Then Stewart comes up. But then in a handful of days later, I assume Hayes is just going to take the 10 days and come right back. That's what I'm assuming. Right, um, right. And then you, what, do you, what do you do to make room for Hayes? It's going to be another Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sean, Sean Armstrong, some of these pitchers. Hoping some of the pitching works out. Well, yeah. I mean, if starting pitching continues to pitch like this, maybe you can go back to 13 because you don't need, you know, maybe one of these rule five guys. I don't right. know. Yeah, true. Um, you know, the other the other surprise in this in this these first three games was uh, Rio Ruiz playing second base. Yes. Kind of n- never played second base before and played a really good second base. A great defensive second base. Yeah. He made in the opening game. He made two, if not three, spectacular plays. Plays where he ran so deep into right and left field that, like, yep. the outfielders should have caught these balls, not him, and he had yep. better positioning. So he's shown his range there, and then he also made a diving catch as well yeah. through the guy at first. So just a yeah, uh, defensively he was he was spectacular. And for a guy that manager Hyde said in spring training, well, you know, don't read too much into this. Just for emergency use only, we're right. trying Ruiz at second. Well, it turns out Ruiz can actually play second. Well, yeah, but they tried him for one game. I mean, and he but played. also when we when we talked preseason about the lineup and all, we the one thing we kept saying is we don't have a second baseman on this team. Well, we do now, and it's now Ruiz. we do. Yeah. And that's part of the whole story of this lineup that we saw this weekend. Not again, not Monday night. Monday night they took off. But, yeah, uh, I mean, and if you're Ryan ba- Banning or R- R- Ryland Banning, or if you're Jemai Jones, you're probably pretty ticked off that Ruiz is really good at second because yeah. you're kind of knocking on the door there. Um, and we saw he got the di- night off tonight. I think that was related to like a lefty thing where the lefty was starting and Ruiz is a lefty, so they got Urias some playing time there. But uh, but yeah, I think Ruiz will be your everyday lefty. Um, I guess against right-handed pitching, your everyday second baseman. Until you know he, we find someone else, or he, he shows he's not good enough offensively to be there. But so far, like defensively, he's looked like a better second baseman than even third third baseman. So that's that's really good to see. Yeah, I think I think tonight the Orioles just looked and said, "Oh, we got to go up against Montgomery. He's really good. Let's rest some guys." Okay, good. So you can rest them because then tomorrow we play Garrett Cole. I think. So yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so that's Cole. good. Good. Oh, so my, now you can, my, you can you can play your good guys for their weak Garrett Cole. Yeah. I mean, it's the Yankees. It's not like I can pick any just bad uh, pitcher. So you got to pick and choose. Um, yeah, I mean, we skimmed over it a little bit. But the other thing I want to mention is Ryan McKenna got his MLB debut uh, tonight against the Yankees uh, playing in Yankee Stadium. So very cool moment for Ryan McKenna. Um, special spot in my heart for Ryan McKenna as Silas is my son. His first autographed baseball by a player was Ryan McKenna, as we saw him. At, remember, the Orioles did that thing, um, the, the, the bandwagon. The, what's Winter, it called? Winter, Winterfest? No, but this wasn't Winterfest. This is one of their oh, the caravans. The Orioles caravan. Yeah, a couple years ago they did that. Not this year because of COVID, obviously. But I hope they bring the caravans back because we saw Ryan, Ryan McKenna in Annapolis. Um, and that was pretty fun. In so, Annapolis? In, yeah, in the Annapolis. It brings all those commercials back now for March yeah. Madness. Yeah, that's a great so, commercial. So they're all in my head again. Yeah. So it's the only time in that. Annapolis. It's, I think it's the only time I've seen Annapolis mentioned in something when they're not talking about the Naval Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the Annapolis. So, so it's great to see him get his debut. I, I don't think he's going to be here long because I think you're right when DJ Stewart comes back. Um, or Austin Hayes, like he's, he's just a temporary fill in, but a good opportunity for him to show his stuff. And he's one of those guys that I don't think people know, like they, they don't know. Is he a fourth starter? Is he a fifth starter? Is he a foray guy or is he uh is he an everyday, you know, center fielder? Um, certainly people say he's good enough defensively. It's just, I mean, what I want to see, Josh, I want to see an outfield of McKenna Hayes and Mullins. Can we give me that outfield? Of three kind of elite outfielders, I think that'd be fun to watch. I mean, that'd be fun, but then what do you do with Santander? You think McKenna's better than Santander? Well, Santander yeah. already is on. I mean, uh, Rock came out with an article today or yesterday. Oh yeah, about about trade. the trade rumors. Like he okay. is on Hug Watch all year all long, all right. season well, long. Well, come on, it's before the season started when he had those 
awkward where he missed like the last four or five games of spring training. We yeah, all were it was for trade talk. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's going to be an interesting story to watch. And I think one of the reasons he's on hug watch, not that he's, he's even like close to free agency. He still has a few, a few years left, but we just have no, so good. We got, yeah. We got good outfielders. So it's like, like, and, and he's the oldest of these bunch of young, good outfielders that we have. And so right. he seems a little bit expend, expendable and, um, yeah, and, and and for guys like Diaz and McKenna to really get in a shot playing every day, yeah, something has to go. Like, something has to give. Um, and Santander seemed like he might be that guy. But who knows? It's a, it's a long season, and anything can happen. Yeah. It's nice to, it was nice to see fans back in the stadium and hear fans. Uh, some of the Red Sox fans were annoyingly loud, but it's still nice mm-hmm. to see fans in the games. Yeah, I, I agree. Fans... It feels more like baseball this year with the fans. I agree. Though it's still weird to me that Scott Carso and Jim Palmer are still calling games from Baltimore. I don't understand exactly why that's happening. Uh, Um, Fans can be in the stadiums, but announcers can't. Yeah. And like, and, and it's, it's, and for me, and I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm quite certain both those guys are vaccinated. I mean, they're both eligible to be vaccinated. And that's what I was going to say there, but they're still a plastic divider. So even with CDC, they can be in the same room, but whatever, right. without a plastic divisor. But but um, but you can tell, like, it takes away from the broadcast significantly. Like, I was curious to see, like, you know, how noticeable is it? But, like, it's significantly noticeable that they don't, like, Scott Garso miscalled so many home run balls, like, that were right. fly out to the left field, that I don't think he would have made them the same mistake if he was in person. And, like, I, I was mistaken, too, because whatever. Like, I, I didn't see either. There was a time where, where like, a guy from third scored, and, and he didn't know if he stayed in third or if he scored because he couldn't see, because we couldn't see, because he's just looking at the TV screen. So, that to me, that takes away from the broadcast, not having the announcers there. But it is great to see the fans. I'm with you. It's great to see the fans in the stands. Um, yeah, and the, it totally takes away from the broadcast, and it's uh, it's annoying. In fact, I wanted to show you this picture. I'm not sure if you saw this at the end of the broadcast. For uh, this was on Saturday night, and the Orioles won. And you know how they're doing their post game wrap up? Sure. <laughs> they had their big winter coats on. Oh yeah, yeah, ready, I did see this. Ready to go. It cracked me up. I'm like, how fast do they want to get out of Camden Yards? Yeah. Now, Are there no now, heated rooms in, right. in Camden Yards that they can do the, the show from? No, I get it. Like, the game from? They shouldn't be there, but they didn't have their coats on during the game. They just put them on there at the end for the wrap-up. Um, but it's just I don't understand that whole thing because, yeah, I'm sure they're both vaccinated. I don't know. Well, hold on. You think they put their coats on just for the last shot? So it yes. would look like they were sitting out in the cold watching the Boston game? Yes. Did you just for the Jim, optics of it? Jim Palmer's wearing gloves. He was not earlier in the game. He was not comfortable. Like that's not what you wear to broadcast a game. You don't. Well, I don't wear understand why big, you would. Okay, then fine. Like he's I don't wearing care, the but, old man suit jacket thing. Trench that's coat. That's fine. But why? But why put on the stuff for the post game show? Because I think they were leaving. I they think were, they were heading out the go? door. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it was weird. I, yeah. But, but it's weird that they're – yeah, I would assume they're both vaccinated and you could have them uh, travel wherever. I don't know. I mean, it's easy to get the vaccination in Maryland right now, right? I mean, if you're if – you're, I mean, definitely if you're of their age group, then, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, still, we're still restricted by ages Are at you? this point. Yeah, you can sign up, but I don't think you can actually get the vaccine so, yet. But you can so, sign up, I think. So I signed up today. And and they called me and said the, I can come on Wednesday and get vaccinated. Oh, nice! But That's I de- great. I declined it. Okay. Because I don't want to do it before traveling. Okay. I did have I did have some uh, side effects with my second one. Did you get your second one? I got my second one and had side effects. I did. They hit me like like I went to work the next day, and then hit me about thirty six hours. I got the I got See, the I got the shakes and I I'm, literally could not stop. I was driving the car. I was driving. I was driving, and I literally had to pull over and I only had to drive because I stood. I couldn't stop shaking. Just one of those things. Like cold, uh, like chills, cold, and like sore body or whatever. But then I after that night I slept and the next day I was fine. Yeah, and that's and I'm sure that's it. And I'm not scared of the vaccine. I just don't want to get it when I'm coming home for opening day. 
Yeah. So I figure I'll get it next week when I come back. Yeah, I think that's smart. But again, um, I'm sure they've already gotten it by then. They're much older than us. Yeah. You, but here's what I was going to say about the broadcast. MLB Network on Sunday night had a special Voices of the Game, and they do this occasionally. And on Sunday, their Voice of the Game special was on John Miller. Hmm, love John. And Miller. you know how much I how Fell many great memories to John Miller I have so many nights. Oh yeah, exactly of John Miller calling Oriole games. Yeah, he talked to to me to sleep so many right. nights, so much childhood. And it's like we had John Miller. No one will ever compare to that. Well, I thought Joe Angel was great. I mean, Joe Angel wasn't Joe John Angel Miller, was but I thought Joe Angel was great. I thought yes. he was great. He was he was fine. No issues with with him either. But Scott Garceau, we're going to forget about as an announcer years from now. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's been immortalized in tweets and he's the butt of jokes, and I don't think he's going to be forgotten. Not in a good way, um, but I think people will re- remember him um, for some of the wrong reasons. All right. What do you, what do you think? It's going to be like uh, Rush Limbaugh doing Monday Night Football or something, like a guy who doesn't belong there, who everyone yeah. loved in a different facility. And well, there's a guy, but there's guys, there's other guys besides Rush Limbaugh, like, oh, yeah. remember, like uh, Don Miller, to, Don Miller, to, Tony Kornheiser, or De- okay, I forgot. De- see, I forgot Tony Kornheiser did Tony Kornheiser, who who I, is my favorite guy in the world, but like was not good in that format. No, and you said and Don Miller, Dennis Miller, but yeah, but all those guys, oh yeah, yeah. um, are like like they try, yeah, but they tried a, to stay that's with a great example, comedians Be- and other things that that's a great example because yeah. we love Scott on the radio, love Scott. Great on the radio, <laughs> not on the not on the broadcast. But I, you know, it doesn't bother me. I know people hate on him. Scott Garceau honestly does not bother me at all. I mean, freaking when the Orioles are winning, I could have Derek Jeter up there calling games. I wouldn't care. I could have Alexander Rodriguez up there calling games. I wouldn't care as the Orioles yeah. are winning. It doesn't really bother me that much. I know it bothers a lot of people. Yeah, I do think I Jim Palmer is great too, and so I think that I love like, cancels it out because I think Jim Palmer is still amazing. I love the cockiness of Jim Palmer. Oh, yeah. He's I the, love it. It's the best. The fact that no matter what situation is going on in the ball field, one, he totally knows what's going on yeah. and the mindset of everyone on there. Yep. And he did it better. Yep. And that, that little added star about he did it better is always fun. Yep. He's old. He's curmudgeonly. He's arrogant. But he yep. also, like, is not dismissive of the analytics. Like, he's able to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Um, he, he will say like he was doing it back then too. We just didn't have a name for it, but like he acknowledges the changes are happening in the games and is able to talk about those things in an intelligent way. Yeah. It's like, uh, one of the pitchers kept checking his notebooks for what to throw. And Jim Palmer made a comment like, yeah, I had that too. It was in my head. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. That's that's, a perfect example. Yeah. And Jim Palmer's the perfect guy for that because he can stand behind it because he can just say, Hey, go on up to, uh, check the hall. Yeah. Yeah, there. I yeah, Jim Palmer. I think is someone everyone will always remember. Like we will remember even more so. We won't really remember his pitching because we weren't alive, but we will right. remember him as being an awesome color commentator. Like he is just, and it, it's a little unfortunate when other people are are the color commentator because it's so obvious that they're a step below how great Jim Palmer is at his job. But right, and that's the thing is Jim Palmer is not your play by play guy, but he's an excellent color commentator. Oh, yeah, he's the best. Um, and Scott Garceau, I'm curious to see, like, is Scott Garceau doing all the games? Are they going to switch this up at some point? I think he's doing all the games. What, what, what are your thoughts we're do, doing? Um, I know this is not – I don't even care. We're 3-0. and um, I don't even care that we're 3-1 and one when people are listening to this. Right now we're 3-0. and oh. Right, right. We are uh, definitely still possession of first place, at least. What do you think of Melanie Newman, um, uh, her kind of cut-ins? and It's, it's bad. I can take it or leave it. I don't care. I mean, it's there, but that's kind of how I feel about any sideline reporter in any sport. I don't think sideline reporters add anything. Oh, I think they do a little bit. Like, I think it's, you have so much just downtime in baseball. I think it's kind of cool to break away and hear about John Means' son or something, (laughs) or like a, just a random kind of backstory. Rhea Ruiz was a quarterback in, uh, or he was a quarterback. Yeah. They love to share that. Yeah. I think those little things are, are fun and makes the – I think they, those little vignettes humanize the players more. So I kind of like it. And the fact that it's Melanie Newman – I think Melanie Newman's fine. Like I think she's doing yeah. a fine job with it. I so. got no issues with Melanie Newman. Yeah. So I think, I, I, think, I think she's good in that role. Like I think that's – I saw she's on Cameo. You can get – I can get her – your birthday. I'll get oh, her really? send you a message for your birthday. Uh, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, let's see. Oh, the other thing I want to mention, just have some notes here I wrote down. 
I tell you what, I'm not keeping track of this. I'm not a guy who keeps who does the book, right? Who does the book to see, you know, the 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 scorebook. But yeah, that's what I got the to. book. The book, you know, the book scorebook. But if if someone out there does it, can you just look up um, the the at bats for Michael Franco? Because I feel that Franco hits a ground ball to third base about eighty percent of the time. And he's just a little weak grounder to third base 80% of the time. Um, I'm already annoyed with him, to be honest. And I was so pumped for him when he got here. Um, he reminds me of Matt Wieters, who used to always ground ground up the second base like every other bat. I feel Franco is doing that a bunch. It's kind of annoying me. <laughs> the other I thing I want to mention that. is there's – there's you mentioned it before, Josh – the, the lack of dongs. I don't think the Yankees had any dongs either. Maybe they had one. Well, Aaron um, Judge hit one on uh, on Monday night. What tonight? Yeah, so, but yeah. I think their opening series they didn't hit any dongs. I think that's right. Um, Josh, is this uh you know the the it, could this be a baseball thing? So they well you know they did change the ball. Yeah, the baseball and they changed supposed the ball to be a little bit softer. Yeah, it's softer, which is they they were projecting about the laces. Keep, right, they were projecting about five to ten feet. It would keep it would shorten the. Uh, balls on. I found it really weird that they didn't let any pitchers play with these balls in spring training. Oh, is that true? That, yeah, that during spring training, they still use, because they're being conservative and using used balls from last year at spring training, they never rolled in these new balls. Mm. So I found that really weird. I don't know if it's keeping the ball in or if it's the cold weather. Yeah, it is like Those 45 degrees or whatever. Yeah. That was the coldest opening day the Orioles have ever played. I'm guessing it's more cold weather because we're seeing uh, Atani hit 450 feet with one of these new balls. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, an, it's another interesting thing this year to see how the ball really affects the game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The cold weather probably had a lot to do with it as well. Um, and certainly tonight, the ball's not helping us. We need a, an even softer ball for us tonight. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess we gave up two home runs because we gave up a grand slam the grand to the Yankees slam. as well. <laughs> so no luck for the softballs. That was not our reasoning for doing well. Yeah. But right, right, well, when you get when you get up yeah. three games, you can have games like you have Monday night. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and like I said before, with the Yankees, like my whole thing is don't get swept. <laughs> like some people say, just win series. I'm like with the, I'm like that with every every team except for the Yankees. With the Yankees, just don't get swept. Um. And so we play th- we play three against the Yankees. Then Thursday we have the home opener that you and I will be there, Josh, for it. Yeah, against the Red Sox, three we'll be o'clock there Saturday also. Um, and then there's no game Friday. And then yeah, we'll be there Saturday for game two at Camden Yards as well, uh, a night game. You know, I was actually okay with the Red Sox canceling opening day and pushing it a day because then it was kind of nice to have baseball back to back to back like normal. Instead of a game, and then you have this off day of nothing. Yeah. So I was all right with that. Yeah, and I saw Andrew Stecka tweeted about this. I thought he was spot on, too, with opening day. Like, why aren't the games staggered more often? It should be like March Madness, where there's a game starting like every half hour or something. That's a good idea. From 1 o'clock all the way to like 10, 10 o'clock. Right, right. Because what happened on opening day is there there was no game on at seven o'clock because right, it was because supposed of the to be COVID Nats game. the Nats game and yeah because the COVID got canceled and so there was no game at seven o'clock so that was kind of a mistake on baseball's part though I am talking about just game times here um, the six thirty five huge fan of the six thirty five first pitch oh yeah huge fan right um, means I can get to bed you know in a decent hour so I'm a huge fan of it yeah yeah save the thirty minutes. I'm all for that. Yeah, but I think this is the only only week we get it, and then after this series against the Yankees, it goes to seven. Well, it's a New York thing. Yeah, yeah. So, any other takeaways from this weekend? No, I'm, I I just hope you know we survive the Yankees, and then I'm excited to beat them up on Boston again. And then, Josh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah. But Josh, after Boston, we have the Mariners. Not not a good team. We have them at home for four games. Right. Then we have yeah. Texas, not yeah. a good team. We got Miami. Then we have Miami, not yeah. a great team. Yeah. I see so, it. Then you got I'm, Oakland. I'm, I'm just saying, it, don't don't be shocked when it's when it's the 25th of April and we're sitting, you know, a game over 500. Don't don't come at me. Don't be shocked when we're a couple games over 500 
on April 25th. And our percentage at Fangraphs is up to a full 1%. Don't be shocked. <laughs> uh, do you think – I see, I don't think the – I don't think Fangraphs will let the Orioles get to 1%. I think they'll always keep it below 1%. What if it's like – the last month of the season, and we're in first place in the division. We'd still just be at – they would just I, I assume we would tank and lose every other game for the rest of the season? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know how that math for, 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 for formula works, how much how much they place in a single game or whatever. But, yeah. Be something right. – I mean, you, you you better believe it, though. Oriole fans are checking fan graphs after every win. Oh, <laughs> their no updated worry. odds. Well, yeah. And what was it? What did I send you the picture of? Was it ESPN that had their power rankings power out rankings. Sunday night for Sunday night baseball? And they had the Orioles as like fifth. Well, I'm a rankings. fan of I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of like not what Fangraph does, but the percentage. I'm a fan of Real. ignoring all the other stuff. Ignore the projections. Right. Ignore the offseason. Just based on three games. And who's that's who's how, been the and, best team? And that's like, how power rankings should be. That should, that should be. It's not like, Either. oh, we know the Orioles uh, you know, are rebuilding, so we can't put them in the top ten. Right. Get out of here. We no, want I all think, three games. And I think power rankings should always be that way. I think power rankings should always be based on a week. And, and like they rotate after a week. And it's what you did on that week. Because yeah. power rankings are supposed to show you who's the hot team. Yeah. And all. So, yeah, I saw um, – the Athletic updated their power rankings today, and they have the Orioles at 29th. Right. So they, they don't that, really care. You're taking into account not the season. You're taking into right. account the reputation. Right. And whatever. Like, sorry, you swept the Red Sox, but the Red Sox are still way up in your power rankings. That's yeah. not how power rankings work. Yeah, because they power think. need to be based on reality. Yeah, because they think, well, and, and they're right, that the the Red Sox are probably, well, I don't, I don't agree, actually. But that, like that the Orioles are, are not. A top five team in baseball. I don't think no, so. But they're the hottest team in baseball. But if yeah, if you're one of the only five Houston, teams to maybe. win all your games, then yeah. like yeah, as of right now, you're one of the best teams right. in baseball with a 13 run differential. Yeah, and why not? Like athletic, like give it to us. We know we're not going to be there in three weeks, so why yeah. not for the first series give us a high power ranking? Right. Come on now. Sense. Come on now. Yeah, that's all right. So. Man. Do we want to do ball four this week or? Uh, uh, I've got a little ball four. Yeah. All right. Let's do some ball four real quick. Uh, I got a new TV show on the Peacock Network. Okay. And I may, have, I may have talked about this before on here because you and I had this show in common. I don't know if you've ever watched this show, but you read the book. Oh. And season three just came out, which I was pleased to see was based on another book in the series. So it's now available on the Peacock Network, which is the like NBC network. Yeah. The first two seasons you can watch for free, and then you can sign up for a week trial to watch the third season. Okay. If you choose. And it is Mr. Mercedes. Oh. Based on okay. the Stephen King books, like yeah. Time and Keepers series. Yeah. So I, I'm enjoying. I, I've never uh, seen it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, check it out because its first two seasons are free on Mr. Mercedes. Which has to do with the whole with the uh, Mercedes killer, yep. the first two seasons, and season three. I think it's I think Finders Keepers is season three. I think that's the book that's season three. I don't know. They all blend together for me. Yeah, me too. But uh, season three right now just came out, and I like that show a lot. So Mr. Mercedes is your ball one. All right, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sp- I'll, I'll stick with uh, books and Stephen King because I just read Stephen King's newest book. Uh, it came out this month, and oh man, um, no. oh the name of the book is late, Later. I was going to blank on the name. Later, it just came out. Uh, I think the beginning of March actually it came out the beginning of March. Um, but it's about a kid who sees dead people. I know very like Sixth Sense e vibes, but classic Stephen King, much darker than um, Sixth Sense. Um, but about a kid who sees dead people. And it was, I mean, it was classic Stephen King. It was really good. It was actually Stephen King at his best because the thing that drives me crazy about Stephen King is he adds these subplots that are so unnecessary that drives me nuts. Mostly love story subplots, which I don't care anything about. But this one, there's no subplots. It's right, It's a shorter book, right to the point. And so, I, I, you know, I gave it four out of five stars on my Goodreads account. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about your Goodreads account. I'll, so, yeah. follow you. I'll follow you on Goodreads. Are you on Goodreads? I probably am. Isn't it yeah. tied to like your Amazon account or something? 
I don't know. It's tied, uh, I think, to my Facebook somehow. All right. I'll take a look at Goodreads. You know, some podcasts put out there, like, they're follow us on Untapped or something for beer. Yeah. We're the podcast that tells you to follow us on Goodreads. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I am on Untapped, too, by the way. Though, <laughs> when I got a new phone, I never downloaded and, the app. So I haven't been on the app like, in usernames. Their usernames are confusion. Yeah, my username is, like, 547S2. Exactly. Right. But, yeah. So, yeah. Um Later by Stephen King. All right, I'll I check recommend that out. It. I like yeah. your book suggestions because I normally then go read the book as well. Um, and we both like Stephen King. All right, my uh, ball three is I shared last week that the PlayStation Five showed up right before the podcast. Yes, great. So news. I hooked it up, downloaded some games. It's awesome. I'm very impressed, which I think is is funny to say because of course it's good. I mean that's the reason. Everyone gets it. But I always thought, like, the most impressive thing would be, oh, it's going to load games faster and the graphics are better. And that's all true. But the controller is so much better than the PlayStation controller. Really? Why? The trigger buttons, they did something with the trigger buttons where the sensitivity of the trigger button changes. Hmm. So, like, when I'm playing uh, Call of Duty, depending on what gun I pick up, I have to press the trigger button harder. Oh, that's cool. It's weird, and yeah. it feels weird. And playing like Spider-Man, doing different things, like it, it's almost like you do a half press and it stops you, and then if you want it to do more, you press it all the way. It's really weird, and it's really cool. Hmm. The The controllers just feel so much better when you're playing your game. That's so cool. uh, it's an obvious uh, ball three, but I'm going with the PlayStation 5. Yeah, it would have been – if, if, if you had any other response to it, it would have been a big disappointment. So I'm right. glad it's freaking took out – took long enough to come out with a PlayStation 5, right? Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, I assume so. Uh, yeah. All right, you got a ball four? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, give, I'll throw another book out there. Um, the book's called Remote Control. It's by a Nigerian author. So I'm going to try to say her name. Nnedi Okorofor. Um, she also, she's famous. She got popular for writing a Binti sci-fi trilogy. She wrote sci-fi and she just came out with a book, um, called remote control. I think it came out being okay. this year and it's notable for two reasons. This book called remote control. Um, and again, I gave it four out of five stars in my Goodreads account. Um, it's pretty, another short book, but the opening quote, the opening, uh, ep- epigraph, like yes. the epigraph to start the book is this. You come at the king, you best not miss. Quote by Omar Little from The Wire. So that's right. the, that's the quote that starts the book. So already I'm hooked when when you're when you're quoting right. Omar from The Wire to start a book. It, you know I haven't watched The Wire. Really? I've seen one episode. Really? I, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I haven't spent any time with it. Um, I probably need to. Maybe that'll yeah. be my around baseball viewing soon once yeah. I finish Mr. Mercedes. I mean, I watched it maybe five years ago, so I was way late to the party. But well, and I heard they remastered I, it all, oh, in did HD they? and everything. So I think I'll check that out. Uh, but you know what? I forgot that I should have made this one of my balls. But so I got to throw in an extra thing. I got to thank uh, Glenn Clark and Jeremy uh, Khan because I got a gift in the mail this week from them. Okay, I got a new bobblehead. Oh, you got Mo. Yeah, so I got the Mo oh, bobblehead, so cool. which is really cool. Let me just find the camera. Really cool bobblehead, and it talks. So got to thank Jeremy for putting this together and Glenn Clark getting it sent out to me. And Josh is showing it and playing on the podcast as evidence that he wasn't one of those jerkwads who was putting on eBay after Jeremy oh, Conner was selling it to selling raise it money for a, a hospital. Yeah, Jeremy was ticked because he went out there like selling them individually <laughs> for 50 bucks a pop, all for donations, right, to this, oh. to, to, to hospitals. Well, and, Jeremy and people just, just flipped on eBay. Jeremy should have put a couple himself on eBay. Then he wouldn't, yeah. have to, wouldn't have to go sit at like Bill Bateman's or wherever he was selling them. Well, I think it's cool. He's, he's done different spots. It's, like each weekend he's gone to a different spot and just no, it's really cool. brought a case. It's really cool. I, I, Everything Jeremy does is really good. He's the he's, coolest. He's yeah. the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, and the bobblehead he made is awesome. Yeah. For like, I don't know where you go and get a custom-made bobblehead because, you know, it's clearly custom. It's not a bobblehead made by guys that do, like, the Oriole bobbleheads, the cheap ones. But it's solid. 
And I mean, it looks like no, it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good ball four. That's good. Uh, that's good. Dead ball dog. five. It's good ball five. Yeah. All right. All right, well, Josh. Hopefully, when we talk on Monday again. Hey, yeah. Hey, tomorrow you're hosting Birdland tonight. I am. Or Tuesday night. Tuesday yeah. night you're hosting it. You and Ryan Blake. I'm hopping on the 6.30 start time. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're, hoping so I can do the, you're hoping you get to get on. At like I'm doing the post game. I'm, at 9.15, I'm doing the post game. Orioles, oh, yeah. done or not, 9.15, let's go. All right. So, yeah, make sure everyone's checking out Birdland tonight. Yeah, thank after you. every O's home game, Birdland Thank tonight. you for everyone who's gone over and given us some iTunes reviews, both for Section 336 and for Birdland tonight. Yeah, keep And also uh, Patreons. Go on over to section336.com and tap on the support button at the top to help us out. That's really appreciated. It pays us bills to do this and host this. And even I get to even mail Matt a check once in a while. Did we share the iTunes review about uh, lovely banter between brothers? Yeah, I thought we shared that last week. All right. Well, we've shared that from Senior Pinky. Yeah, I think so. All right. Who I keep wanting to call a Senior Pickle. And then we had another review about a guy who's been searching for years for an Orioles podcast, and this is it. Listen to plenty of interesting podcasts that seem to disappear after one or two episodes. These guys are committed. We did talk yeah. about this one. Yeah, because it was our whole episode we did last not week talk committed. about. We did not talk about Senior Pinky, who hopped on board afterwards, saying this is his favorite Orioles podcast. Nice. He loves the banter between the two brothers. And again, he's been searching for a good Orioles podcast for a while with this one. So give it a listen. So right. thank you for those guys that did that. Yeah, appreciate it. Keep those reviews coming. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we'll be with you on this. Uh, I'm not. I'm not here to declare the rebuild is over, but I tell you what, three and zero is a pretty nice start to the season. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. Let us know if you're in Camden Yards on Thursday. We'll be one of the eleven thousand. Yeah. Do we know our seats yet? Have we gotten tickets? I don't have any tickets on my phone. Did you get tickets? I got. Does someone the tickets. have tickets? I've Who got has the tickets? tickets. Do you have the you tickets? Want, uh, do you want to know where we're sitting? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Uh, let me see if I can look this up. I always forget how to do it. Orioles tickets. We're not in section three three six. Tell you that. I will say I was gifted a pair Who's of got tickets. That pod? Yeah. I was gifted a pair of tickets in the lower bowl, and I had to turn them away today. Because I wanted to make sure we had enough tickets for the Zany Burt Roadie to join us as well. Um, sorry, I got it's making me log in. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll find out when I show up at the stadium. No, I'll the tell us, you. The usher, the usher will tell me where I'm sitting. The, well, you're going to be with me. Yeah, I know. Uh, now it's saying I don't know my password. That's because that's the wrong password. Can I tell you I'm tired of passwords and logging in? Right before we did this podcast, MLB decided to log me out of every app that I tried to stream the game on. Yeah. So I'm a little annoyed. And there was that skit that Bert showed me that was funny a while back of, like, people update their passwords, and then they make it more complicated by, like, adding a add a number and so everyone just adds one to the end of the password they yeah. always use right. and then they need a special characters so everyone just adds exclamation mark to the password they already uh-huh. use so it doesn't even yeah. really make your password more complicated i'll tell you you know what i use you want to know my passwords or is world series 2023 no okay but i know that's your password <laughs> that's and, no, i'm just putting my business may, out there and that may be my password for some stuff as well but my new password because they always want capital letters lowercase letters i now go with baseball players and their numbers Oh, that's smart. So, and then it's nice and long and a player yeah. number. Yeah. All right. So on Thursday, now that you can hack into our bank accounts and steal all our money, you can uh, come and tell us on Thursday as we'll be sitting in section 328, row four. All right. So. All right. Cool. Well, guys, in the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter. Our show Twitter is at section 336 show. My own personal Twitter is at section 336. Josh's Twitter is at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. 
Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.